0: Can really revolutionize the healthcare systems are organized and how healthcare treatments are provided across the EU.
1: Hello, and very warm welcome to Euractiv's Health Podcast, where every week we dive into EU health policy and bring you the latest health news from Europe. I'm Giedra Paseckita, and this week we are continuing to take a deeper dive into the European health data space proposal. The ambitious plan that aims to make a true revolution in health data and unleash its full potential for all stakeholders, from patients and healthcare professionals to policymakers and researchers. At the moment, uh, the proposal is being discussed in the, parliaments, in the parliament. Uh, two committees are leading the file, it's Libe and Envy. And therefore, today I have a pleasure to present to you the co-reporter of the file, Croatian Christian Democrat MEP, Tomislav Sokol. So, Mr. Sokol, thank you so much for having the time to speak with us. Uh, It's a very important topic for all Europeans, European Health Data Space proposal, Um, and it's uh, very interesting to hear how the discussions are going now in the parliament in the committees. Uh, So as the proposal has kind of two sections, one focuses on the primary use of health data and another one is focused on the secondary use of health data. Could we firstly look at, uh, let's say, less controversial part uh, at the primary use of health data and um, just see what are the main topics being discussed in in the parliament right now?
0: Okay, thank you very much. Uh, so, primary use of electronic health data essentially me- means the use of data, of health data by healthcare providers. So, this essentially means that medical information is stored in electronic health records, which encompass segments of a patient's medical background, whether centralized or involving multiple healthcare providers. So, DHDS aims to enable individuals to, individuals to access their health data, share it with their preferred healthcare professional, even when they are in a different member state and using a different language. Consequently, patients can receive more accurate diagnosis and treatment, minimizing medical errors and uh, and, uh, avoiding unnecessary tests. So that's uh, so the whole so the, the whole idea is that uh, for instance when you are traveling abroad uh, for business reason or studying in another member state or even if you are in another region of your own member state you can access uh, health healthcare professionals and they will be able to see through your electronic health records uh, uh, your medical history uh, whether you're allergic to some medicines uh, uh, any kind of important medical medical information so that they can uh, provide you with the health treatment, diagnostics and treatment much in a much faster and more accurate way and without duplicating, for instance, medical tests and things like that. So this is the idea, and this is not... Uh, that controversial so i think everybody in the parliament agrees that this is a this is a good thing this is beneficial for the patients and this is something that can really improve health outcomes in the eu there are some discussions however about the definitions definitions legal definitions how to make them clearer in comparison 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 to commission proposal and also political groups are divided whether or not healthcare professionals should see that patient has restricted part of of his or her electronic health record so the idea is that patients do, who do not want uh, some part of their electronic health record to be accessed by some healthcare professionals can restrict, restrict access. For instance, if this is data about someone's uh, mental health issues or uh, sexually transmitted diseases, etc., so they can restrict access uh, to, the, to, the, to that data only to, for the healthcare professionals who are treating those issues. So, for instance, so there is no need, maybe there is no need that uh, somebody who is treating, for instance, a, a kidney condition should see whether you have mental health problems. So, so this, so this is allowed. So that we have a, pro, uh, a provision which, which specifically allows uh, patients to do that, to restrict access to data to some healthcare professionals. But now the question is whether healthcare professionals should see that patient has restricted part of the electronic health record. So not to see the content, but that you actually see that a patient has restricted access to some part of your of the of their data, so, and and uh, so so we think that I personally think that this should be allowed, so that healthcare professional who is treating you should know that some part of the data is restricted. Uh, but but this is so. But this is one area where we cannot uh, uh, until now find find an agreement. So this, the negotiations are still going on. But this is definitely one politically sensitive issue related to primary use of data.
1: As I understand, primary use of data is not as controversial in comparison to the secondary use of health data, uh, because it gets uh, more interesting if that's the right word to say when discussions reach the point of reusing health data for for example, research for pharma industry or for policymaking, right?
0: Yes, def- definitely, because as I said, primary use of, of data is use of data by healthcare professionals uh, to treat patients and actually nobody can really say, I believe, anything logically or or, uh, or with arguments against that. On the other hand, with the secondary use of data situation is more complicated because this entails u- uh, use of uh, uh, of uh, health data by uh, universities for research by policymakers uh, to make policy decisions or health policy decisions by the industry also. So this definitely is much more controversial. And I think the, so the crucial thing here is how to achieve this balance between one side, on one side the need to use the data and ha- to use this data to have better policymaking and more health research in the EU. We, uh, and balancing this with the need to protect the patient's privacy and their and their health data. And of course, the crucial thing here is what will be the patient's role when making decisions whether their data can be accessed by somebody else or not. So the commission has no uh, provisions in their proposal about that. So so nothing on patients' role in in, in this whole decision making process. And we believe that this is that that we should definitely improve on this. Meaning that uh, that that patients should also so have a say. You know, in deciding whether their data can be used for secondary purpose or not. So this is why we propose, we propose the score rapporteurs the so-called opt-out mechanism. So opt-out mechanism means that those patients who do not want their data to be shared for secondary purpose can decide not to, and they will have to make kind of a statement saying that they don't want their data to be used. Uh, we believe that this is important, that patients should have a say, but on the other hand, we also believe that if we go for an opt-in mechanism or a consent-based mechanism, that this would go too far, too far. Because if you go for an opt-in or, or consent based mechanism meaning that that patient will have to make give consent every single time for every single request or, on the use of data for secondary purpose that you will just not get enough data and we would not get representative data that it can be useful and so this is why we are going for why we are going for an opt out but I just want also to to make one thing clear when I speak about secondary use, use of data we're not saying that industry or universities universities or whoever will be able to actually use your personal data in a way that they can identify individual patients so this is important so when you speak of secondary use of data that means that that uh, that, that first means that data is anonymized or pseudonymized so the only anonymized or pseudonymized data can be accessed only for a specific purpose, under the data minimization principle, meaning that that only, that, that, all, that only data which is necessary for a certain purpose can be accessed to a limited extent, to only, so only to the extent which is necessary. Decisions on, on whether to grant access or not are made by public bodies, the health data access bodies which will be established. And this will be done in a, in a secure environment. And nothing will be will be downloaded. So if, if if a university researcher wants to access some kind of a large data set, anonymized data set, they will make a request to how data access body. They will give their approval. They will they will enter a security environment. They will they will they will look at the data which which is necessary for them, and then they will leave without without the possibility to actually download or take the data with them. So we believe that with with all of these uh, safeguards, we have a, enough safety instruments to really prevent uh, pre- uh, prevent any kind of misuse, and that we can actually really protect patients' privacy. So, so in this kind of an environment, with mm-hmm. an opt out mechanism. But if we go further than an opt out, we believe that this will, that you will just not have uh, date, enough data to be useful, and because of this, the whole uh, regulation will become pointless.
1: So I feel that you already answered my following question uh, because I wanted to ask uh, regarding the secondary use of data that maybe you saw there was a petition going around which is calling basically for the right to privacy over citizens medical records and the request there is to have a opt-in option rather than opt-out option that you are proposing. Um, But you already touched on this and uh, maybe there's more that you would like to say regarding this aspect Uh, because uh, for them having opt-out option is not good enough. It's better than Commission's proposal, which had had nothing regarding this, let's say, Uh, but uh, yeah, they want more, they want opt-in. And, of course, uh, there are also concerns about the safety uh, because uh, health data is super sensitive. Uh, And you already mentioned some of the safeguards, but overall, just comparing the Commission's proposal to what you're doing at the moment, um, do you see that there's a lot of work needed or still needs to be done or already done by the Parliament uh, to ensure that patients' data is safe? And also, it would be interesting to know where it would be stored, because as I understand, it would be aimed to store the data inside of the EU, right?
0: Yeah. Uh, yes, we definitely in the first draft proposed uh, certain provisions about data minimization and about safeguards. Of course, we will negotiate about how these uh, safeguards will look in the end, but definitely we will improve on the original commission's proposal. So I, I personally, so in principle, we, I, I support and we, as co rapporteurs, support the original commission proposal, but we believe that some improvements can be made, and we are currently negotiating on that on data storage, yes, uh, the, big, the, the big majority, almost unanimous uh, majority in the parliament uh, is definitely in favor of storing the data within the EU, and I think this is, this is important that this is something that will, that will I'm sure remain in the final in the final uh, report on the on the on the petition etc i saw that yes they are saying that that uh, that the, what that our proposal is not good enough but what they are proposing is not good enough for patients because the, because if we go for an opt in if we go for a consent-based system, the patients will suffer in the end because we will not have enough data that we can produce and develop new medicines, which can be life-saving medicines. And uh, and so I think what they are proposing is not good. I think we should uh, take patients first into account, and patients are the ones who will benefit the most from Having more data for secondary use, all especially the patients who are suffering for rare diseases, because for because especially in the area of rare diseases, where where we do not, for instance, ha, uh, have enough uh, patients to conduct phase three clinical trials, health data space, real world evidence will be will become extremely important, and for them. It is essential that we have enough data that is representative that we can really uh, create new medicines and new treatments that we actually help those patients, because for many of these rare diseases currently we have no cure and no treatment at all so they are the, so their lives are at stake, and because of this, we believe that we really need to have an EHDS which can really make it possible to have enough data that it can be useful uh, uh, and what and I think uh, another another argument and another another proof of what i'm saying is that you for instance european patients forum the umbrella and largest organization of patients associations in the eu supports an opt out so they, so we we are con- we are uh, we are in co- contact with them constantly and they are, they they have they have publicly stated that they support an opt out system because they believe the same as myself that that only with an opt out system we can get enough data to actually create benefits and new treatments and new and new medicines for patients while protecting their privacy and protecting their data on the other. So, so if the largest uh, patient organizations are, are backing an opt out approach, I do not see why somebody else would tr- would try to destroy this whole regulation and this whole process. But it, it it is it is it is their prerogative; they can do whatever they want. But as I'm, as I said, the the patients are the ones who will benefit the most from uh, having secondary use of data, from having an opt out system, and uh, this is why their uh, their most important organizations are supporting an opt out.
1: Okay, so now I would like to hear then what are the other aspects that Parliament is looking at at the moment regarding this proposal and what are the hardest topics maybe that are left for the end uh, because there are aspects uh, like, for example, should other countries have access uh, to these data pools or to disinformation, uh, health in- information, uh, meaning countries outside of the EU. Um, also, what is going on regarding patents, IP rights? Uh, so I wonder uh, if you could uh, uh, briefly take us through the other aspects. Are these topics uh, that are these topics that I uh, just mentioned are already being discussed, or they are left for the very end?
0: okay when we speak about what is politically sensitive i would like to mention the 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 ehr systems so whether they they should stay uh, whether we, sh- we should have a system of self certification or third party uh, third party certification so that's that's all of the discussions that are currently having that's more connected with let's say the primary the primary uh, the primary use of data on the on the IP rights, definitely this will this will be a major point of contention. We we haven't opened this uh, in the negotiations uh, yet, but we will open it very short in a very short time. We are currently we have we have started the negotiations on the secondary use of, da- of data, uh, also the purposes for which data can be used. Whether we can, we can define it in a better in a better way, uh, but definitely, but definitely there will be some. Uh, de- definitely, I believe that the the, the whole question of opt out versus op- in and the IP rights will be most contentious uh, out of them all. In addition to in addition to that, I think uh, what what will also be discussed is the role for the Commission. So, how much uh, additional things will be able will they be able to regulate to delegate the acts? So, the Commission. So, how much power we should give to the Commission to regulate further? So that's so that's so I think that's also one one important question. Uh, also. Also on the on the use of data by third countries. So if the third country, if the third countries want to take part in the in the in the, in the use of data, uh, what we proposed is a so-called reciprocity, meaning that if uh, that if they want to, if some if somebody outside of the EU want to use want to use uh, data that in that that the same should be then allowed for your for your, your European Union and uh, for European Union parties on their territory as well so i think that's, this is something which is also which is which is also very 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 important uh, uh, so the the whole, the whole idea is that uh, is that we have the same the, the, that we have the same same safeguards for the use of data in those third countries as they already exist in the EU so this is something so this is so, so this is something uh, th- this is something that is that is very important so so that 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 so that uh, that the commission establishes that the third country concerned allows for the use of health data by european entities under the same conditions and with the same safeguards as within the eu uh, so so this will be probably be one important issue and i think when we, when we speak about uh, negotiations with the council I think the two, two crucial things will be about the timeline for in, implementation, because I know that probably some member states will have problems with the ambitious timeline which, is, which was uh, proposed by the Commission, especially those member states which are currently not very fu- advanced in terms of digitalization of their health systems. And, of course, the, the question of fin- financing. Financing will be very important uh, because uh, the Council will probably ask for more funding from centralized EU level for the implementation of the and building of the infrastructure for the EHDS. I, and I personally agree with that. I think that uh, the current proposal does not reflect the necessity for additional funding from EU level because. Uh, because because uh, the current uh, so, uh, financial, financial sources that we have at our disposal are just not enough. So recovery and resilience plans, national recovery and resilience plans uh, were, ado- were adopted uh, before the HDS regulation proposal, meaning that member states could not have planned to include the the building of the HDS infrastructure within their national recovery and resilience plans. This is why we believe that in the next revision of the multiannual financial framework, additional funding should be found on the centralised level. The, on the le- level of the EU budget to help member states better implement the EHDS. So, I think these will be t- two most important uh, topics for discussion with the, with the Council. So, the financing and the timeline. On financing, I think we'll, ha- we'll find a common uh, language uh, very soon. But on the timeline, we'll probably have to find some middle ground so that on one side, the timeline for implementation is not too ambitious, unrealistic, but it's, uh, that it's also, also not delayed too much. So something in, we should try to find something something in between. So these, two, these are two things, uh, most important things within the Council. And as I said, I think within the, within the Parliament, definitely IP rights and opt-in, opt-out versus opt-in will be the crucial things uh, left, left to decide and left to negotiate.
1: As you already mentioned that some political groups are divided regarding the question if the doctor uh, should see that patient has hidden some of his health data from him. Um, I wonder if there are more divisions either among, among political groups uh, either among political groups or among the committees, uh, because as I already mentioned, two committees are responsible for this file, LIBE and ENVY. So I wonder if opinions split on certain topics.
0: Yeah, and the main challenge between these two committees is how to strike the right balance between enabling the, the use of health data on one side and safeguarding privacy and data protection on the other. Uh, of course, uh, it's not uh, it's not uh, the same uh, within the political groups from, from both committees. So I think that uh, that in some political groups I will not name them, uh, but in some poli- in some political groups, uh, for instance, on opt out and opt in, there are divisions on uh, on the basis on on who belongs to which committee. So you have one political group, but uh, members of that political group from LIBE are more, let's say, in favor of an opt-in or consent-based system, while, the, while, while other members from the same political group from ENVI are maybe more open to opt-out, for instance. So, so I, we can see some kind of divisions like, like, like this in some political groups, but I, I hope that in the end we'll be able to find, to find a majority. But but I think uh, in ge- in general some members from Libya are maybe more concerned about uh, privacy issues and data protection, uh, and maybe and maybe maybe even and maybe do, do not always understanding all the com- all the the repercussions of certain decisions on the actual benefit of the patients, especially mm-hmm. on secondary use. Uh, I think that's, that there are some 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 people could not understand what potential benefits there are from secondary use for patients, and what can be negative consequences if we are too restrictive on the use of this data. But, but I, I, as I said, I won't go into into uh, into being too concrete about which political groups, but definitely within some political groups, we can see these divisions between uh, members from Libya on one side and ENVY on the other, in, in, in the sense that those from Libya are sometimes more restrictive on the use of data than the colleagues from ENVY. But I hope in, and I believe that in the end we'll be able to find a compromise.
1: Somehow it seems that uh, the questions that still need to be answered within the parliament are kind of even harder than the ones that will remain to be discussed with the council.
0: Of course, we'll see. It. You, you, and you never know with the council, because these are, these are 27 member states. You never know how individual member states will like. But I, can see some po- I have to say, I can see some positive developments in larger member states, some of which have sometimes been very uh, negative Towards uh, developing some kind of common EU health legislation like health technology assessment, so there we had big member states who blocked and in, in the end and in the end diluted the final version of that of that legislation. but here on the EHDS we actually can see support from some large member states, which definitely brings optimism for me. I think mm-hmm. uh, one of the reasons is that some of the member states which are lagging behi- behind in digitalization Or some federal member states who have problems in terms of interoperability of health data between different federal parts of the same country see the EHDS as an actual opportunity to harmonize their own healthcare systems, to digitalize their own healthcare systems, and to make it possible for health data to become interoperable within their same country. And I think for, uh, and I think EHDS can be very beneficial for them. And for that reason, some of these larger member states are actually quite positive about this proposal, which of course is, uh, is a good thing from my point of view, because I think that uh, once we get through the parliament, it will not be so hard to reach, to reach an ag- agreement in the trial. I'm not saying that it will be easy, but I think uh, that I see, I'm optimistic that we, we will be able to do that.
1: So when could we expect Parliament to be ready to start the negotiations with the Council then?
0: Yeah, I, I mean it is a very technical file. It is a very large file. Uh, we have two committees, uh, shadow rapporteurs from, from all political groups for both committees negotiating this. So definitely, it is a lot of work, a lot of technical work. Uh, our advisors and assistants are working very, hard very, very hardly on this. We have three or four technical meetings every every week. Uh, but there is a lot of works. But I think, and kind of the objective is to to have the committee vote in September so that we can up- start and then after. After that, to have the the vote in the plenary, and then to start negotiations as soon as possible. I hope in October with the council. the The, the objective is to have this finished before elections. It's important to have political agreement before elections, and and it will be ideal if we can come to the agreement by the end of this year or the very beginning of next year. Because when we end, the the closer we get to elections, it will be harder to do actual legislation within the parliament. But I, I, I remain, I remain uh, uh, moderately optimistic that we will be able to find an agreement uh, and have this adopted before elections.
1: It's very nice to hear that you're staying optimistic about it. Um, any final thoughts on the European Health Data Space?
0: Yeah, I would just like to say th- this is a real game changer. So this is one of the, the few uh, legislative files in the European Union which really creates something new, yeah, an added value. So, I think if we do this we can really we can really re- revolutionize health, the way how healthcare systems are organized and how healthcare treatments are provided across the eu so so this is a big opportunity we can we also can use this uh, as an important tool to bring research innovation and investment into research innovation uh, back to Europe, which is, is of extremely of extreme importance, also in ter- in, in terms of uh, strategic autonomy, so to have to having more industry, more research, more innovation, more production of medicines and pharmaceuticals within the EU, and th- uh, so this is of extreme importance also for that, and this is an opportunity that we should definitely not miss, especially not miss for some uh, small par- party political interests. I think we should rise above ideology. We should rise above trying to score some cheap political points for the elections and really be serious in trying to. Find the best possible solution, which will really bring benefits for European patients.
1: If you're enjoying listening to Eurective's health podcast, a friendly reminder that you can subscribe to our newsletter that comes out every Wednesday, the same weekday as our podcast. We will make sure to keep you up to date with the main EU health news. And don't forget to check other Eurective podcasts, AgriFood Brief, Tech Brief and Beyond the Byline. You can listen to us on all of your favorite podcast platforms. That is all from us today. Thank you for listening. We also want to hear from you. So if you have something to say, don't hesitate to drop us a line. Our email address is podcast at youractive.com or contact us on Twitter or LinkedIn. This episode was brought to you thanks to our multimedia team. So special thanks to them. Until next Wednesday, stay healthy.